0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL. For the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher.
1: Well, Marcus, unfortunately, another once promising season for the Raiders has basically ended with. Two weeks ago in the season, I didn't think we'd be saying that, uh, you know, maybe mid-season when they had six wins out of their first 10 games or whatever it was. I did not think with two weeks to go, we'd be saying the season is basically over. But Derek Carr gets injured, the Raiders lose to those lowly Chargers, and now, what, 538 has them with like a less than 1% chance of making the playoffs. So we all know that they're not going to make the playoffs. They've been basically effectively eliminated. And that's where we're at. It's just another disappointing kind of end. I think we saw it coming. But it was really disappointing to see them lose to the Chargers in that fashion. I guess it's it's over with two weeks to go.
2: Yeah, we, we had a feeling that the Chargers game ended their season. You know, you, you just can't lose that game. But the truth of the matter is they probably lost their season when they lost to the Colts two weeks ago. I think those three wildcard teams in the AFC, they're all going to have at least 10 wins. They might all have 11 wins. So you can't afford to drop that game. You can't lose to the Falcons in a blowout fashion. Uh, we've been we've been seeing them kind of trend this direction. They geez, they barely beat the Jets a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, it's John Gruden's fatal flaw. He can't get this team to play well in December. And now it's three straight years of this happening. Not good.
1: No. And Colin Cowherd had some uh, pointed criticism towards John Gruden. And a lot of people are mm. calling him out for that, Marcus. The, uh, it's just a it's a recurring theme, right? Playing well in the beginning of the year and then not getting it done late. And unfortunately for Gruden, that has become a thing.
2: And I'm not even sure what's going on. Is it, you know, his teams are just getting tired by the end of the season? Are they, you know, unable to overcome injuries? That seems like it's becoming a little bit of a problem. If, if one player is out on offense or defense, uh, things all just all start to fall apart. But No, I think Gruden's going to have to really look himself in the mirror this offseason and figure out why are his teams collapsing with two, three, four weeks left in the season.
1: There's no doubt about it. We've been talking all year. We've been giving Gruden crap for kicking these short field goals. And they come up again in this game, which really, Mm. frankly, it pissed me off, Marcus, to see this continue to happen. And so second Raiders drive of the game. They got a third and goal from the two. And that's the play when Carr scrambles and kind of pulls up lame, you know, yeah. going to the sideline. And Gruden decides to kick the 23 yard field goal from the five. And with Carr getting hurt and that thing, like, I guess I'll give him a pass on that one. I still hated it, but.
2: I, he just wanted to take the points you at that, yeah. you know, that stage of the game because he didn't know what Marriott was going to do. I, I don't blame him so exactly. much for that one. Exactly. I actually I think the one in overtime is worse, right? It's, it's yeah. a. It, it's third and goal from the five yard line. You're five, you know, yards away from winning this game. And the play that you run on third down is a. It's called Spider Two Y Banana. It's John Gruden's favorite play. It's a little pass to the fullback out in the flat, and Mariota misses it. And they decide to kick the field goal knowing you know, your defense is having to come back on the field against Justin Herbert, they hadn't got to stop all day against Justin Herbert. Why put the game in the defense's hands? I'll never understand. Uh, I, I thought Gruden did a terrible job at, at trying to win that game in overtime.
1: Yeah, and, and this is where I was going. Yeah, so you got a first and goal from the four, and Mariota had been playing really well, I think surprising all of us, right? Sure. He comes out there, and he looks like he's been playing all season. He didn't look like mm-hmm. he came in cold. He was playing great, and he was giving them... An added dimension on the ground. He was, he even rushed for a big gainer there in that overtime drive. You get into the goal to go situation and you don't come up, you can't come up with anything better there, Marcus, as a, you know, as the play caller or whoever's making that, you know what I mean? Like, you can't get Mariota out on the edge for some type of option. You don't give him a chance to run. You don't target uh, Waller Mm. over those, those four downs where they end up kicking another 23 yard field goal in overtime. I mean, I was kind of frustrated with the, uh, with the decision make, just like the play call. like You couldn't come up with anything more creative than what we saw. We see first down, Jacobs up the middle for a yard. Second down, Jacobs kind of blown up over the right guard, lost a two. And then, as you mm-hmm. said, third down, the what was it, the spider, why banana, whatever spider
2: it was? Spider two, why banana, yeah. Gruden's favorite play.
1: Uh, a pass to the freaking fullback short of the pylon, mm. and he wasn't going to get there. It, there was no chance I was going to get there. So I just hated no creativity there. We needed something, and we didn't see it
2: yeah i think with the season on the line i want to trust my best players i I want to give them chances to win they couldn't cover darren waller all game long and and this is a recurring theme throughout the season is nobody can match up with darren waller one-on-one i would much rather throw a jump ball to waller you know in the end zone than try to get the ball to my fullback four yards short of the you know the end zone and hope that he can make a play and get in that was disappointing and then. You know, Mariota is a pretty good decision maker in the red zone. He has one of the best career touchdown to interception ratios. Why not move him outside the pocket? Give him, you know, a high, low option. If it's not there, he can take off and run. Uh, just really poor play calling there by John Gruden. And, and again, we had no Greg Olson. The, the offensive coordinator was out due to COVID reasons. So Gruden was calling all the plays. So he has nobody but the blame but himself. And it cost him a shot at making the playoffs.
1: There's no doubt about it. And I think he's hearing it. He's definitely hearing it. So a lot more to get into. I want to talk a little bit about Mariota. And I want to talk now that we know that the season's going to end here about where the Raiders can go on defense, maybe start grading some guys and mm. think about who's going to stay and who's going to go. We'll do that coming up next.
0: Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit up, start up. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need
3: this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Welcome to Week 16 of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays in the championship round for most leagues. Derek Carr left last week with a groin injury that was deemed a one-to-two-week situation, but he's been splitting first-team reps with Marcus Mariota. For all of the on-paper upgrades Miami made in the offseason, it has struggled to contain competent quarterbacks, especially dual threats. Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes. All of them trounced this group, and even rookie quarterback Justin Herbert found success. Mariota is the better recommendation in the event he starts, just because we don't know what to expect from Carr's injury. But the matchup is right for either player. Sticking with the same matchup, but on the other side of the coin, running back Lynn Bowden of the Miami Dolphins takes on the team that drafted him in the Raiders. Bowden is a running back receiver combo and can be flexed out into the slot. In fact, he does that more often than not. He's by far the most talented natural receiver out of this backfield, but keep in mind he offers nothing from the running game perspective, with just three carries in the last three games. Injury question marks with Jakeem Grant, Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki leave this passing game a little thin, so it will be all hands on deck. The Raiders have given up five and a half receptions a game to running backs in 2020, and Bowden is poised to eclipse that mark. Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Tyron Johnson versus the Denver Broncos. Injuries have slowed receivers Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and it opened the door for the explosive Johnson to see more action. His 12 targets in the last two games, after only nine on the year entering Week 14. There's a ton of risk here since he's a low volume, high yield type of player. But the Broncos have permitted 21 different efforts of at least 10 PPR points in 2020, and both Allen and Williams scored in the earlier meeting. Johnson is an intriguing flex flyer. Chicago Bears rookie tight end Cole Committ at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Understand by starting him you're taking a tremendous amount of risk, and this is purely a flyer for a touchdown against a defense that has been atrocious at stopping tight ends in 2020. Only the Jets have allowed more touchdowns on the year to the position, and no team has given up scores at a higher frequency than once every 5.2 catches. But seven times the position has been held to 36 or fewer yards, which makes this the epitome of a gamble for a touchdown. For more fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out huddle.com
1: So, Marcus, we talked about Mariota right before the break there. He comes in cold after Carr uh, leaves with the injury. He ends up rushing for 88 yards and mm. he, he passes for 226 yards. He had that gorgeous touchdown pass to Waller. And I don't know, what you think about him? Like, there was a lot of criticism for Gruden. About like not using him all season long. I think this is another second guess that we could go to Gruden and the Raiders. Bring him in. They pay him this kind of ridiculous seven and a half million to be the backup, and we really have not seen Mariota used at all. And now you look, you watch him play, and you are like, man, he he might have been able to help a little bit. Like maybe they could have <laughs> found a role for him. I don't I don't know if he's Taysom Hill, but maybe something. But to see him play that, to see him play the way he did, was eye popping, right? I mean, they really didn't miss a beat on offense. What'd you think? yeah
2: i think it's i think it's important to to put some context in here so they brought him you know in on the in the over the offseason. season and when we got to training camp i mean he was by far the third best quarterback on the roster he might have even been the fourth best i mean he was really really struggling in camp uh he got hurt Uh, took most of the season to to kind of rehab his elbow. He finally got healthy. And even when he was healthy, he wasn't even active every game. There were some games where Nathan Peterman was the backup quarterback instead of Mariota. This just happened to be one of the days where Mariota was active. (laughs) You can't imagine that he got very many reps in practice. And I think what happened in this game is Mariota has about 15 to 20 plays that he runs really well. And when we got to the fourth quarter in overtime, Gruden kind of ran out of plays. right? They were running the same plays over and over again. They were fine eating plays by just giving the ball to Josh Jacobs and gaining a yard, losing a yard here or there. But overall, Mariota, not bad. I think, I think he's kind of destined to be this high end backup that you, you have in the NFL where he comes in and plays good for a stretch. And then ultimately he reminds us who he is. It's Not all that dissimilar from like a Ryan Fitzpatrick situation where you feel good about him for a three, four game stretch, but I don't think you ever want to count on him to be the the long term answer.
1: So Gruden calling him, he said he put an exclamation point on the signing, which I thought was interesting, but I had no idea. (laughs) I had no idea, Marcus, that Peterman. Was almost uh, was was ahead of him on the depth chart. That's and it not, wasn't that's even an close. In, that's an in,
2: in camp, it wasn't even close. Who was the better quarterman, the quarterback between Peterman and Mariota? It was Peterman all the way.
1: Okay, so I can't give Gruden too much crap for that, but I want to give him crap, but maybe not for that. Thing. Maybe not. For <laughs> oh,
2: there's plenty of other things we can blame him about. Don't you worry?
1: <laughs> sure, sure. The defensive side of the ball now, as we head to the final two weeks of the season, Marcus, mm. is it going to feel like the last couple of weeks of the preseason where guys are literally out there trying to prove that they should be here long term, trying to prove to Mayock and Gruden that they can be here and make their case? I guess I'm trying to say. Like, right? I mean, we've seen good play mm. from guys like Max Crosby, Koikowski. I think we both like Cleveland Farrell, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of guys that have underachieved as well we've talked about Corey littleton and nauseam we've talked about jonathan abram and even a guy like damon arnett not a great year uh so i mean what do you think like who have been kind of the studs that you think are going to be here long term and what guys do you think i mean and there's some guys that i think contractually they're going to be here um but who are like on the hot seat or you think are like maybe literally competing for positions going into 2021 (laughs)
2: Yeah. So you mentioned that this could look like preseason over the next couple of weeks. And I would argue it's looked like preseason all year long for this defense. They've been just that bad. So I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure anything's really going to change. But uh, where I'm looking at is at the defensive line. Malik Collins signed a one year deal uh, this offseason. He's not been very good. Uh, Maurice Turst is entering the final year of his rookie deal uh, in twenty twenty one they've got to figure out that defensive tackle spot. So maybe we see more snaps for Maurice Terce this week. Uh, Maybe we see some other guys getting more snaps at that spot. Keep a lookout for there. And then at cornerback, Damon Arnett struggling, Trayvon Mullins coming off the worst game of his NFL career. Maybe we see more of Isaiah Johnson, a fourth-round pick from Houston in the 2019 draft. Maybe they're just throwing out different guys to see if anything sticks. But I agree. They are certainly in the evaluation stage now. And with, you know, all the problems they have on defense and they have to fix over the offseason, it's a good time to, to get caught up and, you know, watch some of these young players perform.
1: Absolutely have to. Right. And you wrote a little bit about you You took a look back at the 2019 draft, which is on the Raiders wire. And that's never a nice <laughs> thing to do, Marcus. It's never. <laughs> although you did give him credit for the Josh Jacobs uh, pick. I read that. But what do you think about linebacker? And is that are we are we about to see like wholesale changes, you think, next year or or are there any guys that we could take something with us into next year? With?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know, Ryan, because, you know, they signed Corey Littleton to such a massive deal. He's one of the top five paid linebackers in the NFL and he's been atrocious this year. They almost can't play him for how bad he's been. They can't get out of that contract. So. I don't think they're going to move him, but we'll see. Uh, Nick Kikowski's been fine. He's been actually one of their better signings. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, who didn't play in the Chargers game, has been really good this year when he's been on the field, but he's a free agent after the year. I think they'd like to get him back. I mean, they're probably going to have to invest more in their linebackers, but considering how much they've spent and how many draft picks they've already used on a guy like Tanner Mews in the third round who has yet to play a snap, I don't know what they're going to do. It's it's a problem. You
1: mentioned Littleton. I read on USA Today that he's uh, missed 15 tackles this year. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah, it's like, not great. No, it's not good. So it, it it feels like Littleton and Abram. Those are guys that are going to be here next year. And you just need to hope that they shake this thing off and figure it out next year. Right. I mean, they just need to they just need to play better football and they got to figure it out on their own.
2: Yeah. Abram's really one that they need to play better. Currently, he's the worst graded safety, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, he has the worst coverage grade in the NFL. He has the most personal fouls for a defensive player in the NFL. Uh, and he's also been really banged up. He missed all of last year uh, with an injury. He's dealing with some injury stuff now. So uh, that Abram pick from the 2019 draft is not looking really It's not looking good, but they're hoping in 2021 he can turn things around.
1: More on the Raiders coming up next.
0: It's that time again. The line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire.
2: Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of bet and podcast and SportsbookWire.com. It's week 16 of the NFL and I'm joined again by Jeff Clark, my colleague. We're breaking
3: down the Sunday night football game between the Tennessee Titans and Green Bay Packers. The Packers are three and a half point home favorites at Lambo, minus 105 odds. The Titans on the road, plus three and a half point underdogs, minus 115 odds. Big game for both teams. Playoff implications all over the board here. Packers
2: trying to hold on to the number one seed in the NFC. I'm on them to win by at least four points. Jeff, I think Matt LaFleur just gets his revenge against Tennessee Titans.
3: Even though things worked out pretty well for him, he can't be too angry at them. Yeah, I'm definitely sweating the Matt LaFleur revenge game. To me, it's a toss-up with the offenses. It's a bit of a toss-up with the defense. I'm willing to concede Green Bay is a little bit better on the defensive end or more reliable. Uh, But the game just means more to the Tennessee Titans. Um, They haven't locked up anything, not the AFC South, not an AFC wild card, whereas Green Bay has the NFC North all tucked away and could be looking ahead to the playoffs or just wanting to rest up, not giving a full effort. Uh, give me the three plus the hook with the Titans.
1: All right, Marcus. I don't think anyone can really tell because you sound normal, but you haven't. I don't think you've gotten a lot of sleep lately. I got to check in with you. I, sleep? Know, I, I, gotta, <laughs> I know. I got to check in with you, man. I don't know if people listened to our episode last week, but Marcus was live from the hospital. He, he and his wife, Natalie, were about to have their first child. And uh, so, tell us how it went, Marcus. I saw a picture on Twitter. I saw Blair on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Pretty gorgeous baby, man. That's awesome.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, for all those fathers out there and all the mothers. I mean, you guys know what kind of experience this is. It's a. It's a four day thing with no sleeping at all, and you think, you know, once you get back home, everything's going to be great and it's going to be normal again, and. Not true at all. Uh, you know, you actually sleep less when you're at home. But uh, it's it's been fantastic. Uh, we are very fortunate, or we're, uh, we're, we're very lucky. But. Man, that sleep, lack of sleep catches up with you, man. I'm telling you what, it's it's
1: brutal. Uh, you sound sharp as a tack as usual. <laughs> I gotta give you props. Well, thank then, you. So my favorite part was we recorded on uh, Monday night last week. Uh, the first thing I did when we get off the phone after you told me that you're in the hospital, I'm like, I, I go to my wife. I'm like, you won't believe what Marcus is in the hospital. They're gonna they could have a kid at any minute. And she just looked at me and she's like, I would murder you. And that's what she said. Well, and I think everyone shares that sentiment. So we're all watching you tweet that Monday night game live, Marcus, as you always do. And and I think all of us that, that knew you know, what was going on with you and your wife, we were like, how is Marcus still alive? How is he doing this?
2: Well, I got a good story about that. So we're that, that Monday night games on and the wife's not feeling great, as you'd expect. Yeah, I've got the game on and we're getting we're getting late in the fourth quarter here. And it's it's a really close game. And as that game gets down to the final minutes, you start seeing more nurses. And doctors kind of slip in our room because we have the game on no other of course nobody else in the hospital has that game on so we, by the time that game ended we had like eight nine different people i had a bunch of snacks and we were chowing down on snacks so you know we gotta gotta figure out a way to watch the game meanwhile my wife also she wants to do is get some sleep but it's a good game i'm glad, I'm glad we didn't miss it
1: <laughs> marcus you are a gift my man i love it i love that story so much and like i said so a bad week for the raiders but a good week for marcus and uh and the family, so uh, appreciate that, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. What are you What are you looking forward to here? Uh, you know, we talked about maybe some auditions. What are you looking forward to most as the Raiders close it up here the next couple week? But maybe specifically here against the Dolphins, they're going to be two and a half point underdogs at home against a Dolphins team that. It's kind of the opposite of the Raiders, right, Marcus? They're really, really good mm-hmm. on defense and kind of can't score. They struggle to score on offense. The Raiders are kind of the opposite. So it's a, it's an interesting little matchup in that regard.
2: Yeah, I think I'm looking at Mariota. I want to see what he looks like with a full week to prepare. Um, is there a chance that Mariota plays so well over the next two weeks that somebody gives him, you know, maybe offers the Raiders a trade, tries to get him in in a quarterback competition, Like, would it be the worst thing in the world if I know they won't trade him to the Broncos, but let's say Denver wants to bring in competition for Drew Locke. I think Mariota is he's got a nice little chance now to audition for 31 other teams. And if he continues to play as well as he did last week, who knows? Maybe he gets another shot somewhere else.
1: Do you think the Raiders could get actual compensation for him? What do you think about that?
2: Sure. The uh, you know, we saw Nick Foles get traded for what, a third, fourth round pick last year from the Jaguars. So. Uh, certainly, I don't think Mariota is any worse than Foles. So, no, no. if Foles is fetching
1: that, then Mariota should get at least a second. <laughs> Come on, yeah, Foles blows. yeah,
2: of course. And, and we've now Mariota's healthy; his elbows fixed. He looks competent, and he played well in prime time. Who knows? There's there's always a couple dumb general managers out there that are willing to gamble on a former Heisman Trophy winner.
1: Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. So, I saw the car was like. He's, he's kind of mad that he got hurt, right? And he wants to play, yeah. and it's looking kind of sketchy that he's going to play, and the Raiders are playing that game right now. You know, what's going on with Carr? Why is he, you know, I mean, is he just probably upset that this season kind of ended because he was having a career year. We were talking about yeah, it all think, year. It's you feel bad for him that it, that it ends this way. He gets hurt. They lose a game that basically knocks him out. I mean, that's, that's a tough one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Carr is a super competitive guy and he wants to be in there and he was playing really well this year. And I think, I think he knows he could have put up big stats and they probably would have won that game of cars playing. But at the same time, you don't want anybody to go in there and potentially steal your job. Right. If Mariota plays really well over the next two weeks, could that cast some doubt in Mike Mayock and John Gruden's mind about who's the better quarterback here in Las Vegas? I don't think that's going to happen, but you, you never know. And I think, I think Carr senses that that could be a potentially a problem. Maybe the Raiders still try to upgrade Carr this off season. We'll see, but uh, I think Carr's played well, and it just sucks that his season had to end this way.
1: You're right. You never know because you look around the league, guys like Jalen Hurts and Kyler mm. Murray and Josh Allen, and all these guys that are just changing the offense with the legs. And Mariota right. did that thing, and even the Raiders players were talking about it after the game, like, <laughs> "Man, that was that was different with him in there." So you never know. I agree with you. I don't think I think that's a long shot, but you never know. If Mariota dominates <laughs> the la- next two weeks, they win a couple games. I'm, I'm shrugging. You know, I don't know. Maybe
2: you, you just don't want to ever give anybody the opportunity to steal your job. And it's again, it's really unfortunate because it doesn't seem like it's a super long term problem for Derek Carr and his groin injury, but probably a big enough deal where he's not going to play the rest of the season.
1: Marcus, I appreciate you. Congratulations to you and Natalie and uh, go get some sleep. Will you, my man?
2: Thanks. I'll try my best. Thanks, Ryan. Go, go.